Hello guys, what is going on? It's me, Lewis Ogden, and welcome to AEW Review, the Astudera Wrestling Podcast, where podcast by podcast, we run through pay-per-view by pay-per-view, the Astudera and beyond. It's podcast number three, it's in your house number 20, no way out of Texas. So, let's get the show rolling. Here we are, just before No Way Out was being made into a actual pay-per-view, it's used as an in-your-house platform. Uh, it's in-your-house number 20, No Way Out, 16,110 in attendance, have crammed into the compact centre in Houston, Texas. Uh, commentating, commentating, as always, Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, I'm watching the WWF Tag Classic version, which is 3 hours and 13 minutes long. Why do you say the extra half hour? Because it included the free-for-all. Um, nothing much really to comment on the free-for-all, really. Um, they had a couple of interviews. Um, one where Sonny interviewed Vader. Um, Sonny, who made an appearance late, like early on in the night um, in the pay-per-view. Um, as a guest ring announcer in the uh, light heavyweight championship match, but she was thrown in the free for all wearing the same outfit that she wore for the pay per view, which is a pink dress that is literally skin tight, which is she looks fucking hot. Um, uh, so yeah, she interviews Vader, and the only real I didn't really catch anything from Vader because about halfway through the interview, um, they're doing it outside like one of the main locker rooms. And uh, Hawk walks out just in front of the pit, just in like halfway into the pay per view. He stops for one second and then just slinks back in, which I thought was really funny. Um, Doc Hendricks also tried getting a word with Triple H about uh, who the uh, who the mystery partner will be for DX and the New Age Outlaws, but uh, Triple H was more concerned over. Uh, um, but Triple H was more concerned over talking to Shawn Michaels over the phone. Um, and, yeah. So, uh, yeah, fireworks go off and JR brings up that over the free-for-all it was revealed that tonight's eight-man tag team main event has been non-sanctioned by the WWF. Um, basically, it's one fall to a finish and anything goes. And, of course, uh, HBK isn't involved in tonight's main event because his back was literally fucked from the Royal Rumble. Okay, so the first matchup is the marvellous one, Mark Merrow, who is accompanied by Sable, uh, and his tag team partner, accompanied by Luna, the artist formerly known as Goldust, and they take on Mosh and Thrasher, the headbangers. Um, JR notes during Merrow's entrance that there's a tremendous ovation for Sable and not Merrow. Um, Goldust and Luna are in quite gothic Marilyn Manson uh, attire tonight. Uh, another gimmick which leaves much of the imagination. Uh, there's a cut shot to this past week on Monday Night Raw. There's an altercation between Luna and Sable during Goldust's match with Fresher. Goldust tries intimidating Sable and gets slapped for it and Fresher rolls him up for the win on Raw. Uh, Luna gets in Sable's face and Sable ends up slapping her. Um, so all four of the uh, all four so uh, all four people are in the ring. 
and uh, Mero says that there's only room for one beautiful woman woman in this ring and tells Sable to get the hell out of here. He needs to go to Specsavers. Mero, get yourself down to Specsavers. You know, they've got some great deals going on. Uh, there's quite a good reaction for the headbangers, which is a bit of a shame because they had been buried uh, throughout the past month. It's the past six months or the past year, however you want to look at it. Um, so Mero and Mosh start off. Uh, Mero ut utilizes his golden glove background with jabs in the corner. Um, Mero misses a elbow into the corner and Mosh clotheslines him over the top rope. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was an okay, okay start to the match. Um, to be honest, there was. A little, little bit of a face reaction for the headbangers, but mostly, most of this match was basically heat for Mero and Goldust. Um, yeah, uh, so um, the team swap tag team partners and Fresher takes it to Goldust, and headbangers also showing their tag team expertise by wearing down the artist. Um, there's a bit of a there's a botch involved in this tag match um, where Mero tags himself in by slapping Fresh's Fresh's shoulder and then he realizes his mistake and he uh, tags himself in by tapping on Goldust. Yeah. Uh, tables are turned when Goldust pulls down Fresher and he goes to the floor. Uh, Goldust with the referee distracted and he snake eyes Fresher onto the steel steps. Uh, which results in blading time because when Fresh is thrown back in the ring, he's busted open. Uh, JR refers to Goldust as Manson Dust, which I find quite funny. Um, reverse hugging time with the reverse hugging time with the good old reverse chin lock. Um, basically, all that it's. All that happened with this reverse chin lock is the crowd just started the marrow sucks chant. Um, mediocre wrestling for a mediocre heel is what I've put, and it's true, really. Um, marrow unwraps the tape that he had uh, around his hands and chokes at uh, and starts choking Fresher while Goldust distracts the referee. It's a good heel move, and uh, it's a way to eat my words. Um, Fresher reverses a TKO attempt into a DDT as the crowds start getting behind the headbangers. Uh, Mosh tags in. Nice double team flapjack on Goldust. Uh, they go for what looks like a top rope spike pile driver, but Luna hotshots Fresher while Mario distracts the referee. Uh, there's a big reaction for the crowd as Sable comes down to confront Luna. Mero hits a TKO on Mosh, and then both heels try uh, do their best to intercept what looks to be a cat fight. Um, while the heels and the referee are distracted, Fresher switches with Mosh, and when Mero gets back in the ring, he's rolled up by Fresher, who gets the free and the win at 1327. Uh, Post match, Sable and Luna. Still trying to get into their cat fight, and officials and the heels keep them separated. Goldust, with Luna on his shoulder, carries her to the back. Mero gets in Sable's face, and Sable shoves him over. Um, yeah, I'd say this is an okay match. Um, Mero sucks. Goldust, uh, Goldust wrestling isn't really fully utilised with this, um, this gimmick. It's it's not really working for him, I don't think. Um, the headbangers look really good. It's a shame that the uh, they've been buried. Um, they didn't really have any momentum. They're basically looked on as a filler team, not like they're, they're sort of in the middle of like the outlaws and the LOD. They're sort of below below them, but they're above, say, like. Um, the Godwins or the Truth Commission or stuff like that. They're sort of in the middle, which is a bit of a shame. Um, yeah, and the only thing I've ever got from this match is uh, Sable has finally had enough of Arsenal Mar Marvelous one. Uh, cuts backstage to Michael Cole 
who was with the European champion, the Blackheart, Owen Hart. Audio from the interview only cuts in as Cole asks what who he thinks the ex-partner may be, and asks how he will coexist with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, Owen says he doesn't give a damn who the partner will be, and says there won't be a problem with Stone Cold, so long as they stay out of each other's way. Uh, he says he's done with Triple H. He said he's not done with Triple H, even though he's taking his championship, and he's going to break Helmsley's legs tonight. Uh, quite intense from uh, the Soul Survivor. Oh, God. Uh, mentioned about Sonny earlier, but here she comes down to be the guest ring announcer for this. It's the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship match between the champion, Taka Michinoku, and the uh, unknown Mexican Pantera. Uh, cut to a shot from Monday Night Raw. Uh, a tag team match between Brian Christopher and Pandera versus Taka and Aguilar. Uh, a foreign object that Brian Christopher brought into the ring um, is just laying on the mat. Pantera picks it up and places it underneath his mask uh, and delivers a standing headbutt to Taka who gets the win. Uh, can't hear the crowd reaction at all for Tucker because Sonny is literally screaming down the microphone and uh, putting my notes, shut up bitch. Uh, because that was one of the things that really pissed me off with this match. Um, quite, quite, um, quite a bit of a, uh, turn of cheek, so to say, that when Taka gets into the ring, he gets a good look kiss from Sonny. Lucky devil. Uh, Brian Christopher comes down to the commentary table. Oh, yay! Um, I can't... I, I've not really said much about this match uh, much because I was... A, it's a light heavyweight championship match. I'm only putting down the big spots in it. And two, I just kept get distracting, kept getting distracted from um, the law, the Lawler family's commentary. I mean, oh my god, it was fucking terrible. Um, yeah. Uh, so some of the spots that were involved were Pantera with a flying senton over the top rope to Taka, and Taka would respond with is absolutely brilliant running springboard splash. Um, and there was a really impressive reverse Hurricane Rana um, off the top rope while Taka is standing on the apron um, from Pantera. It's something to see to be believed. It's one of those Rey Mysterio reverse Hurricane Ranas. Um, and Pantera follows it up with a dive through the ropes, but um, just as just as he's diving through, his legs caught, sort of get caught up, so he kind of like um, it's not fully utilised. But Taka sells quite well. Um, as I say, I can't really go into much depth for this match because the Lola family commentary is unbelievably distracting. Um, I noticed that when. Uh, both Lawlers kept doing like Japanese um, slurs that seemed to be quite racist to me. Um, it may just be me, but just, that was another one, another thing that got on my tits. But um, big spot here for Jay Hunter because I think I found um, JR's saying of "Oh come on" is his version of Gorilla Monsoon's going "Will you stop it?" Um, there was a uh, there was a spot when Pantera had a surfboard stretched to uh, Taka, uh, who apart from Daniel Bryan, you don't really see that anymore. Um, Pantera back body drops Taka over the top rope and lands right on his side. Uh, follow up with another another front flip sent on over the top rope. This time to uh, Taka's back as he's laying down face first. Um, Hurricane Rana off the top by Tan Pantera, and it's a follow-up moonsault and a close two. Uh, goes for another moonsault and uh, goes for a new, another moonsault, 
but misses. Uh, a big knee off the top rope to a bent over Pantera from Tekka. Couple of near falls with small packages from Pantera. Taco with a missile drop kick to the back of Pantera's head and the Michinoku driver for the win at 10.09. Uh, post-match, uh, the King tries restraining his son uh, from getting in the ring. Taco with a springboard crossbody onto the Lawler family and escapes through the crowd. Um, there was really two, two major problems with this match. Um, a, Taco was the only one that was really over. So the crowd wasn't particularly active for this one. And um the Lawless Sun and Commentary um really took away from this match because they just wouldn't shut the fuck up. Um but apart from that, if you just if you watch it on mute, I'd I'd say like um it's a, it's like a pretty good match. I'd say it's a pretty good match if you take away the commentary. Um Cut to Kevin Kelly in the AOL room with Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie, um, who comments on the main event. And uh, I have to ask my guests at this time here in the WWF AOL room, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie in the eight-man anything-goes match tonight. Who are your thoughts? Who do you think DX will pick to replace Shawn Michaels? The truth of the matter is, I don't really care who they pick. What I care about is revenge and revenge alone. Terry and I have both had a long time to think about this, and I think we've come up with several creative ways to destroy the New Age Outlaws. And we got Stone Cold to help us out, Owen Hart too. So the name of the game tonight is revenge. Certainly the uh, anything goes, I mean, unsanctioned. Who knows what we'll see tonight? Who knows what you'll see, and I don't give a damn who they bring out there as their fourth partner. They can bring whoever they want to because we've got great people in the ring with us, and Owen Hart and Stone Cold. Cactus is on my side. Just remember, this is the hospital, and this is a graveyard, and I'm going to use one of them on them tonight. They think it's a funny situation. It's not funny to me. Everybody else thought it was funny. They made fun of it about pushing us off into a dumpster to hell with them. It wasn't funny to me and Cactus taking that ride into that cement down there. It wasn't funny at all, and they're not going to be laughing tonight either. Well, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie are talking to the fans right now on AOL, and you can too at keyword WWF. Folks, exclusive online coverage tonight of No Way Out in your hey, house. Bang. Bang. Cactus only cares about revenge and talks about how he and Funk have come up with innovative ways to destroy the New Age Outlaws. Uh, Funk says they have great people in their corner, so DX can bring whoever they want. Says it says the dumpster ride wasn't funny as the Outlaws depicted that it was. And there's also a great spot where Funk describes his right fist as a hospital and his left left fist as the graveyard, and he says he's going to use one. One of either of them tonight, uh, which I thought was quite a cool reference point. So, back to the arena, and it's piss break time because it's the Quebecers making their return after a short stint in WCW, uh, and they take on the Godwins. Uh, scenes from Shotgun Saturday Night show the Godwins using buckets to cost the Quebecers match against Los Bariquos. All, both teams are heel, so you can understand why I said it's piss break time. Um, later in the night at Shotgun Saturday, the Quebecers would get their revenge as they would attack Phineas and the distraction would cost Henry O his match against Savio Vega. So this is what has set up tonight's match. Um, yeah, I, I really didn't care for this match. Um, what was quite innovative from the Godwins is um, Phineas started off in the ring and he basically went to his corner and Henry would slap Phineas a couple of mo a couple of times to motivate him, which sort of fits quite well into their uh, the gimmick that they've got at the moment. Um, it's not really much to say about this match. Um, wear down wrestling back and forth. The crowd was absolutely dead for this one, so I didn't really pay that much attention to it. Um, but the ending, uh, Pierre Jean-Pierre Lafitte, uh, who still has his pirate eye patch on, uh, tries to bounce Phineas off the ropes and roll him up, and Henry catches him with a stiff clothesline, and Phineas gets the pin at, for free at 11.15.
Uh, post-match, the Quebecers complain about the results, and the Godwins beat them down with buckets. Uh, this is one of them WWF filler matches that I just did not care about. I had no interest whatsoever. And neither did the fans, because they didn't react to anything. Uh, cut backstage to Doc Hendricks with the New Age Outlaws. Um, Doc wants to know uh, if they know who their tag team partner is. Road Dog says that's why he thought they were getting interviewed or, uh, to reveal their partner. Complains that as they're the tag team champions, they should be involved with decision making and demand respect. Billy Gunn says they're gonna go, gonna find out for themselves who their tag team partner is. Um, after ad programs, JR talks directly to the NWA North American heavyweight champion Jeff Jarrett and his manager Jim Cornette. Uh, he asks he asks whether the next match will be NWA Gang Attack or one on one. Cornette says Jarrett knows how to beat Bradshaw one on one. References to Bradshaw's bad knee and his failed attempt at, uh, in the NFL. Uh, footage played over uh, this particular interview of Raw from two weeks ago, where uh, Jarrett Cornette, the Rock and Roll Express, and Barry Windham, Bradshaw's former tag team partner of the New Blackjacks, uh, beat down Bradshaw. Uh, Jarrett locked in his signature move, the figure four leg lock. Wyndham uh, splashes the knee, and we cut back to uh, JR asking, um, JR referring to Bradshaw being a native Texan here. Jarrett says he has perfected the figure four leg lock and says he's the world's greatest wrestler and entertainer. So, uh, yeah, not much about, um, not much commenting about um, Bradshaw being a native Texan, no dig to the um, Texans in the arena. So here we go. It's the NWA North American Heavyweight Championship match. The champion Jeff Jarrett versus the challenger Bradshaw. Um, uh, Jarrett and Corner instantly appear through the curtain with all of the NWA talent. Um, Bradshaw, despite being a native Texan, gets quite a weak reception. Um, and he clears the ring with his ball rope. Uh, Jimmy Cordero sends Wyndham and the Rock and Roll Express to the back. Cornette is allowed to stay at ringside because he has an official manager's license. Um, Jarrett tries Pearl Harboring Bradshaw, but it backfires um, as he catches a big boot to the face. You notice this a lot with Bradshaw. He has he puts a lot of effort into um, his boots and the forearms to the back, much like um, his JBL persona. Um, that was particularly that I particularly noticed anyway. Um, hard clothesline over the top rope. Bradshaw grabs uh, Cornet and yeah. Uh, Bradshaw goes to grab Cornet and Jarrett Pearl Harbors him. Successful for Pearl Harbor for once. Um, Cornet uses dirty tactics behind the ref's back. Um, so like choking him with his uh, I'm going to say squash rocket because it doesn't look like a tennis rocket to be honest. Um, sloppy inside cradle from Bradshaw for two. Uh, there's no working on the knee from uh, Jarrett, which is weird because if you're a heel and you're referencing to um, a body part which um, a wrestler has had problems with, either recently or it's a, or it's a you know a problem that's been bugging you for years, surely you go to work on it. Um, miscalculation from Jarrett on the second second rope run hot shot and uh, referees distracted as Cornet whacks uh, Bradshaw's knee with his rackets. Um, now the knee gets worked on at the five minute mark. Uh, Jarrett goes for the figure four. Bradshaw shoves him into the turnbuckle and the clothesline is missed. Jarrett nails the DDT and both men are down. Um, huge Jarrett sucks chant from the f um, from the fans, which is about the only noise that they make in this match. Um, Jarrett gets caught with a top rope. Um, Jarrett goes for a top rope crossbody, but gets caught into a fallaway slam by Bradshaw. Uh, follows up with a 
particularly botchy powerbomb. Um, Cornet is flung into the ring and is whipped into Jarrett. Um, Jarrett grabs Jarrett grabs the fallen rocket from Cornet and whacks uh, Bradshaw over the back with it. Uh, right in front of the referee, and he gets the DQ at 8.33. Uh, Post-match, Bradshaw wrestles the racket from Jarrett and pummels him with it. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express make their way down to the ring, but they also get pummeled with the tennis racket. And it leaves Cornette all alone in the ring by Bradshaw, with Bradshaw. Um, big power slam by Bradshaw. He goes for a clothesline to hell from Cornette, but Wyndham trips his leg, and the NWA do a the NWA quadruple team him until a massive pop for the LOD who run in and make the save. Um, yeah, that was about it. Um, it's a bit it's a bit soul destroying when you're wrestling in front of your native crowd and you're wrestling for a championship and you know um, it's, you know a tag team that's been together for what like 15 years or something who have lost over two consecutive pay-per-views get better reaction than you do um, yeah the only reaction was really heat on Jarrett but Bradshaw would thrive in his role that would start later in in early 1999. Um, Michael Cole is backstage with Triple H and China and asks who the mystery partner is. Triple H, the world wants to know who will be the mystery partner on your team this evening. You know something, little man? Everybody in the world wants to be a part of DX. Since we found out that Shawn Michaels wasn't going to be here tonight to wrestle, the world has been beating down our door. The phones haven't stopped ringing. Shawn Michaels' phone hasn't stopped ringing. My phone hasn't stopped ringing. China's phone hasn't stopped ringing. Wrestlers from all over this planet want to be involved in the only true franchise in professional wrestling today, and that is DX. It doesn't matter where they're from, Japan, the South, up North. It doesn't matter. They all want to be here because we're the ones that make it happen. We're the ones that get the ratings. We're the ones that get the job done. And what I have decided in my infinite wisdom is that there is absolutely nobody on this planet that can match the icon, the showstopper, the main event, Shawn Michaels. There is not a wrestler on this planet that can take his place. There is nobody on this planet that deserves to be in DX. So what I have decided is that tonight it will be a handicap match. Well, but, 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 but Hunter, if... Shut up. Four men versus three. We're going to go into that ring and we're going to get the job done because it doesn't matter how many of us there are. We're still going to do it. But, you know, if you don't have a partner, WW officials are probably going to uh, appoint one to your team. Oh, boy. I'm supposed to be scared? WWF officials can do whatever they want. You want to stick somebody in the ring with us? Go right ahead. They can stand on the ring apron. They can hold up the turnbuckles. They can hold up the ropes. They can do whatever they want. I don't care. It isn't going to matter. Three on four, four on four. Pick whoever you want. It doesn't matter. The result is the same. You're going down. Uh, Helmsley says everyone wanted to be a part of DX tonight. Their phones haven't stopped ringing. Uh, he says everyone who wants wants to be in DX because DX can make it happen. Uh, Triple H has decided that no one can compare to Shawn Michaels and says it will be a handicap match. Michael Cole mentions that WWF may appoint a replacement themselves. Triple H doesn't care. Result will be the same. Um, back from a promo from for WrestleMania and Doc Hendricks is in the back with the Nation of Domination. Uh, he says that the Nation have advantage on paper, but dissension over the past few weeks may cost them. He asks for the leader's thoughts. Uh, Rock goes to talk. Rock grabs the microphone and goes to talk, but Farouk cuts him off. 
can't remember what he said because The Rock is hilariously posing with the Intercontinental Championship and just basically going, basically Marvin, I'm the champ. And just like signifying, just pointing at the Intercontinental title belt, which is fucking awesome. And Doc makes reference to uh, The Rock's chair shot on SmackDown this past week on Raw as the most heinous act uh, the nation have done to Ken Shamrock. Not really sure about that, to be honest, Michael. Uh, Mr. P.S. Um, wouldn't you say the Royal Rumble? Because all nation members were really involved. Uh, so, the footage you played of Ken Shamrock eating a chair, chair sandwich. I really miss the days when people just didn't give a shit and they would just let, let the, let, um, themselves get hit in the head with chairs. Uh, it just doesn't seem right when they just do the. It's it's all over the place. You can do, the nowadays in professional wrestling, you can just see it coming whenever they grab a chair. You know, it's grab one end of the chair, grab the other end of the end of the chair to protect the opponent, shove it into the gut, and then shot to the back, and that's pretty much all they do with the chair. Um, Rock still posing and rolls his eyes at Farouk, so again, didn't catch anything that Farouk said. Ah, thanks a lot, JR. Yes, WrestleMania 14 will be the bomb, but like you said, we are moments away from the War of Attrition match. And gentlemen, on paper, you are obviously a favorite. You guys have teamed up many times. The same cannot be said about your opponents, but in recent weeks, we have seen some dissension in the nation. One has to wonder, will we see a disintegration in the nation tonight? And I guess the best way to find out is to ask the leader of the nation of domination. Well, it's a good thing, Doc, that you asked the... You're just begging me to whoop your ass, ain't you? Now, you know what? Now, I don't know who you've been talking to, but it's obvious that you had not talked to me. I'll pull a rank around here, and everybody better remember that. When I say fall in, that's exactly what I mean. Now, I'm going to show you tonight when I say fall in, I'm going to make Ken Shamrock, DOA, Ahmed Johnson, and everybody else fall in right behind me. Well, speaking about falling in, you guys have had your fallouts with the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. I think it started at Survivor Series, went through the Royal Rumble. But I think the most heinous act that you guys have perpetrated on Ken Shamrock happened last week on Raw is War. Take a look. Now, Rock, look at the velocity you command. Oh! Now, you know, I'm sure I don't have to remind you, but you know, he is the world's most dangerous man. Listen, man, let me tell you something. The most dangerous man? I've lived in some of the most dangerous neighborhoods. Do you think that means anything to me? No, I've got another story for you. We're going to go out here and show you exactly what we stand for. When I say kick anybody's ass, I mean by any means necessary. Tonight. So, we are here for the War of Attrition match. It's the Nation of Domination, all members being the leader Farouk. Mark Henry, D'Lo Brown, Carmen Mustafa, and the Intercontinental Champion The Rock, and they're up against Ken Shamrock, Ahmed Johnson, and the Disciples of Apocalypse Skull, Eight Ball, and Chains. Um, the Rock cannot escape uh, the Rocky Sucks chant, and uh, there's a good reception for Ken Sh for the face team, mostly because of Ken Shamrock. Um, although being billed from Mississippi. Um, apparently, Ahmed is a native Texan. Hmm. Uh, so, D'Lo and Skulls got to start off, um, and there's a bit of back and forth between um, the competitors until it ends up being Mark Henry and Chains in the ring, and he says he wants Ahmed Johnson. Uh, so he gets tagged in, and uh, it's, a, it's quite a good reception, actually, for Ahmed. Um, yeah, so Henry and Ahmed go at each other. Henry uses his strength to get the advantage, but uh, Ahmed hits a power slam on the world's strongest man. Um, uh, it's a nice move as Ahmed catches uh, D'Lo's suplex attempt into a front face lock face buster. Uh, yeah, so uh, D'Lo wears down Ahmed. And he goes to the top rope and hits his signature frog splash, but uh, he only catches Ahmed Johnson's legs because fucking Ahmed. Um, before the uh, before the frog splash was hit, was rolling away from the turnbuckle and was about three quarters of the way across the ring um, when D'Lo leapt. Um, Farouk gets tagged in and he tries wearing down Ahmed, but is reversed into a nice spine buster. Um, 
Rock's first interaction is preventing Ahmed from hitting the Pearl River Plunge. Uh, too much action to account, to account for. God help me for the main event. Is down in my notes. Uh, Skull or 8-Ball, can't really tell who it is, uh, is are being worked on. Main problem sometimes with twin tag, with tag teams who are twins, you can't tell them apart, which probably is one of the reasons which makes them marketable, i.e. Mosh, um, Mosh and Fresh in the headbangers to do with the old switcheroo in the opening match. Uh, Dilo misses a moonsault from the top and Skull tags in Shamrock, uh, who, which results in a in-ring brawl with all the competitors and the crowd go absolutely nuts. And Farouk and Rock try and whip Chains and can Shamrock into each other. Uh, Chains reverses on Rock, Shamrock uh, reverses a clothesline attempt from the Rock and nails a belly to belly and then it's a beautiful transition from the Fujiwa armbar uh, into the famous ankle lock and the rock taps out and the face team win at 13.44 uh, post match the faces celebrate to the back rock gets in Farouk's face and shoves him and instead of nailing um, the rock with a right hand Farouk nails Dilo in confusion uh, rock grabs his championship and goes to leave but Farouk tells him to come back and show unity fall in line basically and a nation symbol pose to the crowd. Um, yeah, uh, it started off quite well. Uh, middle part was a little, I wouldn't say it was boring, but it didn't really excite me to be honest. And it was a really good ending, I thought. Um, it was okay overall. Um, and it highlights the problems in the nation between Farouk and The Rock. Um, quick note. Quick note about this match. Um, if anybody is particularly bothered, then sadly for you, this is Ahmed Johnson's last appearance on a WWF pay-per-view. Um, he would eventually uh, wind up in WCW for a few months, but that would go absolutely nowhere. So <clears throat> the high point of his career would end up being. Uh, in the WWF, where he um, became Intercontinental Champion and then had a rivalry with the Nation of Domination, most, um, or aka, you could say, Farouk, that didn't really culminate into anything, really. Uh, Michael Cole in the locker room of Stone Cold Steve Austin, who gets an immediate, immediately massive re reaction from the crowd. That's reaction, not erection. Uh, Stone Cold says he doesn't give two craps who the mystery partner is, and says when you beat someone's ass in Texas, it means something, which gets an instant reaction from the crowd again. Uh, and it's exactly what he's going to do. Uh, typical Austin promo. Um, bar the Rockies, like one of the best um, on the mic. Uh... So yeah, bright future looking for Austin. I Stone Cold, uh, we're just a few minutes away from the main event, your eight-man tag team match, and you still don't know who one of your opponents is uh, going to be. You know, and I really don't give a two craps who the mystery partner is. And everybody keeps asking me, Stone Cold, is it good to be back in Texas? Well, I'm not a sentimental person, but I'll tell you like this. It's fun to beat someone's ass anyone anywhere in the world. But if you beat someone's ass in Texas, then you've done something. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. And if you don't get the hell out of here, I'll start with your ass. So it's another plug for the competition time. Um, I mentioned this on the Royal Rumble podcast of how you can win the Legacy of Stone Cold Steve Austin DVD. Uh, all you have to do is go to the go to the official Facebook page, like it. And then um, post on the Facebook page, Facebook wall. Um, had Shawn Michaels' debilitating back injury um, not occurred, how would you have utilised the Heartbreak Kid um, within the WWE? Would you have given time off, or would you have um, immediately kept him in the title picture, or you know, would would DX have stayed? heel or would they have still transitioned into the face movement um, 
that's all you have to yeah that's basically all you have to do go to the facebook page post on the wall um your storylines to how you would utilize hbk after wrestlemania 14 and um this will be running over for a few podcasts so i'll probably run it up to say unforgiven or over the edge or something like that um, but there will be plenty of time to get involved um and so yeah you could win free of charge uh uh, no charge for delivery or anything, you could win a copy of the Stone Cold Steve Austin Legacy video. That's the free disc DVD set with a selection of matches that he's chosen. Um, so yeah, I will be running a competition through and through um, every every few podcasts just to sort just to sort of get my credibility up a little bit. Hopefully, uh, I don't really want to sound too desperate, um, but. Uh, it's fun, and you never know, you could be a winner. So it's a pro- so the promo package for the next match uh, looks at the two monsters right now in the WWF, the man they call Vader and the destructive Kane. Paul Bearer says that the Undertaker is gone forever, and Michael Cole voiceover that with the Undertaker gone, Vader is the last chance that WWF and their fans have of stopping Kane. Uh, Kane and Vader go toe-to-toe with each other after a Vader victory over Goldust on Raw. Uh, Vader hits a pile driver uh, with a tombstone landing, uh, which is basically going knee, like, basically uh, landed on his knees rather than landing on his arse. Uh, and Kane instantly sits up and tombstones Vader. Uh, the next week, uh, Vader would spray Kane with uh, the fire extinguisher. Uh, Michael Cole voices over that Vader must walk through hell itself to defeat uh, to defeat Kane. But if Kane wins, there will be no way out for Vader. Um, so yes, it's the Battle of the Monsters: Vader versus Kane. Uh, Vader gets quite a good reaction, reminiscent of uh, the Royal Rumble. But then Kane gets a non-too-shabby reaction himself, even though he is a major heel um, of like getting the rid of the Undertaker for a few weeks. Uh, deja vu of the Undertaker and Kane uh, similarity of early dis- indestructible stage. I prefer Takers to be honest, because um, just from the 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 facial expressions and just he's a better mover in the ring and just how he would just literally no sell anything everything better and um just just his facial expressions that they were just completely completely stern faced and you know constant pissed off look on his face which I found absolutely brilliant. Um, Vader backs down. Vader doesn't back down when Kane gets into the ring, which is a sign that any monster, monster baby face wouldn't. Uh, big suit bones inside and outside the ring. Um, crowd solid, uh, solidly behind Vader. It seems as uh, Vader is their last hope. Uh, Jr. makes reference to how Kane could tombstone the Undertaker, and how uh, it's nigh impossible. Which, um, a bit of a botch there, JR, because you seem to forget that the Undertaker can tombstone Vader as well. Uh, Kane works on the head and neck of Vader. Quite an impressive suplex that looked legit, not like a usual big guy suplex that looks snapped, uh, that looks more like a snap suplex, shades of the Dynamite Kid, as quoted constantly by Taz whenever Chris Benoit used it. Uh, Kane uses an inverted Macho Man hotshot, uh, which was unexpected, but quite cool to see. Uh, Vader is completely gassed as he just walks to the corner, as he uh, walks, squashes Kane in the corner. Uh, Kane, sets, Kane is set up for the Vader bomb, but Vader hits a moonsault instead, but Kane sits up immediately. Um, Vader quite tamely thrown into the steel steps, and... Um, Vader uses the fire extinguisher yes, yes again to blame blind 
the only one, the one remaining working eye that Kane has. And hits a quite tame powerbomb. Uh, Paul Bearer gets up on the apron, so Vader nails him. Kane sits right back up, hits a chokeslam, and then follows that up with the tombstone for free and the win at 10.57. Um, Post-match, Kane goes under the ring and grabs a wrench from the toolbox and absolutely clocks Vader in the face. Uh, it's a nice sounding impact, even though you know you know that the uh, the wrench would be padded. Uh, and medics attend to a knocked out Vader. Um, yeah, it was an okay brawl. It was okay. Um, two big monster brawl. This I think the main objective with um, this match was to get Kane over as um, a complete. Uh, Complete monster and completely indestructible. So mission accomplished there. Um, it was quite a slow match, but I quite enjoyed it. And Vader is out now until his. Well, actually, no, I won't spoil it for you. Um, so it's time for the main event of the evening. It's the non-sanctioned eight-man tag team match uh, between Stone Cold Steve Austin, Cactus Jack, Chainsaw Charlie, and Owen Hart. And they will be going up against Triple H, the Road Dog Jesse James, and Billy Gunn, and of course the mystery tag team partner. Uh, the New Age Outlaws come out wearing Tennessee Oiler shirts, um, rubbing into the face of the former uh, Houston Oiler fans who had relocated uh, very recently. Uh, Billy Gunn also brings the table out with him. Uh, the Outlaws have been hanging around a lot with DX. So it sort of made sense that they'd be inducted as members pretty soon. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! There you see the WWF Tag Champions. Houston! Note the t-shirt! It says Tennessee Oilers! <laughs> because the Oilers smarten up and move to a state that is not full of losers and a state that is truly in the South! Now allow me to introduce us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The World Wrestling Federation proudly brings to you its heavyweight tag team champions of the world! Badass Billy Gunn, the Road Dog Jesse James, the New Age Outlaws! Crash, braggadocious. Yet very young and now talented. Now they say we've gone too far. Well, they don't know what too far is. Oh. You think you've seen carnage tonight? You ain't seen nothing yet. Man, this thing's going to get wild, introduce one of our members of this eight-man tag extravaganza. He represents D-Generation X. He is accompanied to the ringside area by that gargantuan chizik, China. This is the 1997 King of the Ring. This is Triple H, Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Uh, the Road Dog int introduces Triple H, more DXTs in there. Uh, and the mystery partner that the WWF have provided for the heels is, quite randomly, Savio Vega. And you just have to think, um, the WWF tried everything to get Savio over. You know, you put him in the main event of a non-sanctioned match and the crowd just do not give a shit. And uh, it kind of showed because they gave up, they gave up on him eventually. Uh, Owen Hart in his full black heart forward slash soul survivor mode and is the current European champion after defeating Triple H for it. Uh, 
chainsaw with the tights squashed over his head. Uh, it's followed by Cactus Jack, who has a wheel bin full, full of toys, aka weapons, and all of these are tossed into tossed into the ring. Uh, Austin gets a monstrous pop in his home state. This is how you react to a native Texan. Poses at two turnbuckles, Billy Gunn poses at a third, and Austin immediately takes his head off, and the match begins, and a huge brawl ensues. Uh, first press followed up with an inverted atomic drop from Austin. Uh, Austin whacks Billy Gunn in the head with a trash can lid, goes for the stunner, but uh, Badass cr bails out in a hurry. Uh, trash can lid shots to Road Dog and Triple H. Crowd are fully behind Stone Cold. Uh, Triple H flipped upside down in the corner and slips before Austin can catch him with a clothesline, but it still looked quite good anyway. Um, Cactus followed. Cactus clobbers Road Dog with a metal cookie, cookie sheet as Stone Cold breaks a mop over Triple H's back on the outside. Uh, Chainsaw hits Road Dog with something loaded in a trash bag. Um, I don't really know what it was, uh, but whatever it is, it just spewed, it just literally got flung out over, all over the crowd. Um, yeah, Cactus leans the table on the turnbuckle and throws Road Dog face first into it. I'm not really sure if they were trying to like break the table in this spot, but it didn't. It didn't look like it. It sort of. It sort of did. But um, due to the next bit, when Cactus takes it from the corner and leans it against the top rope, um, and he whips Billy Gunn into Owen Hart, who hip locks him through the table. Uh, Austin renews an old rivalry by throwing Savio Vega into the steel steps. Owen Hart locks in a sharpshoot, sharpshooter on Billy Gunn, but Triple H breaks it up. Um, Chainsaw waffles Road Dog with a trash can, who falls off the apron and into the wheel again, but the camera didn't catch it um, because they were too busy um, having seen Austin uh, work over Savio, which is a bit annoying because it would probably would have been a good spot. Um, heels start to take over, however there's a great spot on the outside when Billy Gunn hotshots Stone Cold on the guardrail, Austin no-sells and hits a massive clothesline and then warps Badass in the back of the chair. Um, this is a fantastic spot and still show still showcases that Billy Gunn is a monster seller um, as well as a cracking wrestler. Uh, Austin has Savio Vega in his team's corner so Road Dog uses the distraction to low blow chainsaw and power bomb him through two open chairs. Q facing pedal shot. Uh, Billy Gunn follows up with a pile driver onto the trash lid. Uh, all men in their respective corners now, so it's kind of ensued from a non-sanctioned brawl into a traditional 4-on-4 match. Uh, spot of the heels continue to work over Chainsaw, but the spot of the night goes to goes. Um, spot of the night is when Billy Gunn rushes to attack the face to attack the face corner. But Austin catches him halfway by throwing a dented trash can that hits Badass right in the face. Awesome spot. Absolutely loved it. Um, Road Dog distracts the referee while Triple H hits Chainsaw with a chair as he's draped over the bottom rope. Um, who then falls headfirst out of the ring and onto the broken, ta um, onto the broken table from earlier. Ouch. Uh, Cactus finally gets a tag in and kicks heel ass. 
Uh, Road Dog is sat down in the corner and a piece of the table is placed over him. Billy Gunn is whipped into the corner, squashing the D-O-double-G. Uh, another p- turning point for the heels when uh, Billy Gunn DDT's Cactus on the outside, who nearly brains himself on the steps with his landing. Uh, Savio Vega with protective gloves on. You fucking woman. Um, yeah, uh, wraps barbed wire around Cactus, which includes his face and his mouth. Jesus, this is WWF, not ECW. Um, so Cactus eats a chair shot from Savio, but there's a malfunction at the junction for the outlaws when Road Dog eats a chair shot intended for Cactus by badass Billy Gunn. Um, Cactus gets the tag to Stone Cold, who gets a nuclear reaction. Nuclear reaction, that was meant to be. Uh, Stone Cold hammers away at all the heels, double knocking knocker to the outlaws, Mudhole stumped to Triple H. Uh, Austin whips the road dog off the rope, off the ropes, as the road dog reverses. Austin ducks the clothesline, hits the stunner to the road dog, and gets the pin for the win at 17:37. Post-match, uh, stunner to Billy Gunn, uh, and Triple H is knocked off the rope onto the inner. Uh, post-match, there's a Stone Cold stun delivered to Billy Gunn. Triple H is knocked off the apron, who goes face first into the announce table. Uh, Austin celebrates um, with the crowd until China gets in his face. Stone Cold uncharacterist. Stone Cold, quite out of character, tries to leave, but China flips him off. Austin does a, does a, oh no you didn't, to the crowd, who gets back in and does a whole mocking of shaking heads back and forth, and China eats a stunner, and the crowd go ape shit. Um, and Austin closes out the pay-per-view with celebrating with his native Texans. Um... What a fucking brawl is what I've got down in my notes. I absolutely love this match from beginning to end. Um, middle bit was a bit slow, but they still added... Um, the non-sanctioned aspect was still added to it with the use of the weapons. Um, if you looked up in the wrestling encyclopedia of all-out anything-goes brawl, you'd just see a picture of all eight wrestlers in the ring at the same time. I absolutely love this match. Um, so the final thoughts on the pay-per-view. Um, it was an okay pay-per-view. Um, sort of ranks... I think it ranks above the DX pay-per-view. Purely because I enjoyed the main event. The main event just made up for this pay-per-view being an absolute flop. Um, even so, good matches good matches were ruined by the little things, uh, such as the light heavyweight championship match, and um, with the Lawler commentary and no one giving a shit about Pantera, and the um, the tag team match at the start between Mero and Goldust and the Headbangers, purely because Mero can't fucking wrestle and Goldust pretty much sucks in this gimmick, and. Um, but this pay-per-view was mainly to get Austin over as 
um, who's coming to WrestleMania to whoop HBK's ass, which um, is put over um, quite solidly, and it really builds your expectations up to Mania, which is the next road of the AE of AEW review. Uh, that is pretty much it. Um, all I have to say is a couple of plugs, obviously. Um, follow us at Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at AEW Review. Go to Facebook um, and like the official Facebook page, and also get involved with the competition where you can win the free Stone Cold DVD. But for now, until next time at WrestleMania 14, it's Lewis Ogden from AEW Review signing out. Too far!